Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're gonna need each other. You're a part-time podcaster and a full-time friend. The movies that we watch are not the latest trends. I don't see what anyone can see in anyone else but you. Well done, Mitha. I just wrote that. Just now? Yeah, right before we recorded. Really? <laughs> yeah, that's how talented I am. That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to start with like, yo, 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 yo. No, that would be a good one, too. <laughs> I wanted to find a hamburger phone. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I was going to yeah. try to talk to you on a hamburger As you phone. know, they're not very functional. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I always want to bring props. Yeah, I know. But it doesn't work for this format. It doesn't, unfortunately. <laughs> no. It doesn't. I could be a prop master. I think I would be That's a really a very, good prop maybe. master. Maybe. You do like props. I love them. Almost unnecessarily. <laughs> I think props bring, like, a je ne sais quoi to life. <laughs> <laughs> I think people don't think about them enough, yeah. and I want to introduce them to the world. By all means, yeah. absolutely. There you go, Mita. How's it going? I'm here. We're here. We're here. We're, we're back in studio. Five in studio. It's but it's movies to watch before the end of the world. Woo! Woo. Here we are. <laughs> yep. Entertain us. Entertain us. That's what we're gonna do. So, Mita, we haven't talked about this in a bit, and I'm curious to know how your list is going. My list is going. Yeah. I'm a little bit behind. Okay. I'm like about five days behind. Okay. But we, I don't think that that's terrible. How, it's what, 45 days at this point? Less than 45 days. It's of the, the year? It's 21st today. Yeah. I mean, when I look at the list, I have a spreadsheet for yeah. those who don't know. Um, also, for those who don't know, I'm trying to watch 365 <laughs> movies in one year. Yeah. Um, when I look at the list, though, I can see the end of the list. So I'm like, okay, that's good. Yeah. That's momentum. But I, yeah, I think there's like probably 45 days left of the year. Yeah. And I'm at like, 320 something. Yeah. You can do it. I can do it. At I this point, it. you have to do I'm, it. I'm going to have to. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think, like, do I try to do this again next year? But I don't think I will. Yeah, you asked me that question. And, like, mm-hmm. let's talk it through. Yeah. I don't think I will just because, like, I think I will track the amount of movies I am yeah. watching because I do like having a spreadsheet and I like going on sure. Letterboxd. Yeah. Um, you can find me on Letterboxd. You can, yeah. Yes. Um, but I, I like going on there and like adding it and like knowing sort of the quantitative amount of things that I have yeah. been doing. Like it's interesting to me. But there is a lot of pressure to is watch. There, yeah. It's just like there's some days where I just want to sit and watch The Real Housewives, yeah. which is why I recently became behind because I was trying to catch up on TV stuff, and, like, I feel like I'm not enjoying entertainment the way that I want to. It's a job now. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I have to watch a movie every night where I'm just like, I don't want to have to do that. I want to enjoy the experience. Yeah. So I think next year I'll definitely keep track of what I'm watching, and I'll do, like, ratings and stuff, too, because that's on my spreadsheet. But I won't, I won't, I'm not going to hurt myself if I don't reach 365 at the end of next year. Do you think you'll give yourself another goal? I will like what would that goal be? Yeah. I haven't really thought about it. Like maybe like what's half of three? I, three whatever half is, is yeah. yeah, whatever half is fifty percent. Yeah, I think is pretty pretty more reasonable. More reasonable and like also still a challenge. Like the fact that I've made it to three hundred. Honestly, Mita, it's impressive because it's a lot of movies. Yeah, as movie people, 
That's a lot of movies. And I was looking at um, like a reviewer that I like. His name is Chris File, yeah. and like he has watched like four hundred movies this year. And I was like, oh, I'm not that far behind yeah. you. And you're a critic. Like that is yeah. your job. That's your job. He watches. You go to like to film festivals yeah. and you'll watch like five movies in a day. Like That's, I don't yeah. do that. So I'm pretty impressed with myself, yeah. but I don't think I would do it yeah. again. Cause it is a lot. It's a lot. And I just, I want to enjoy the experience. Like a lot mm-hmm. of times I'll just pick something random because I'm like, okay, I have to watch a movie. So yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you this now okay. because I want, you, I want to give you time to prepare Okay. at the end of this year. Yeah. I want you to pick your top 10 movies of this year of that, that I've seen for the first yes. time. Okay. No, it doesn't not have to of 2023, exactly, not of 2023 okay. from that list. Obviously you've rated them. So it becomes a little bit easier, mm-hmm. but like, I want to hear what were the top 10 most memorable, not necessarily 10 or five, 10, 10. Okay. It's a whole year. You can find 10. <laughs> And we'll have an episode where you I, go, you rank them 10 to 1. 10 to they one. don't necessarily need to be your top ranked. They don't need to be the 4.5s or 5s. Just the ones that I've enjoyed the that most. That you're like, yeah. Like, okay. even if something is maybe less. You know how hard ranking is I know. That's me. why I'm giving you six weeks to figure it out. Yeah. You can do it. Okay. I have faith in you. Okay. You're a big girl. What if I watch, like, one of them? We'll have to do it at the end, after the year. We'll do it in the new year. Because then I've watched 365 Yeah, yeah. you will have okay. half to see in 365, so it'll be like our first episode in the new year. Okay. That's what we'll talk about. Okay, sounds good. Okay, just letting you know now. I'll try. You can, no, you can <laughs> do it. I have faith in you. You, you can do it. Okay. Um, anything memorable you've seen recently? Or unmemorable? <laughs> Not unmemorable, but do you know what I watched for the first time recently? Tell me. I watched Under the Tuscan Sun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is a movie that like I've used as a joke. Yes, before, exactly. But I've never actually, I've actually seen never it. seen it either. I really enjoyed Under okay. the Tuscan Sun. It is. It's like reading like a. Is it the beach original Eat, Eat Pray Love? But you less cheesy. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is the original Eat Pray Love. It's interesting that you brought that up because then I fell into a trope of like movies about women discovering. Stella got her groove back and Eat Pray yeah. Love. No, I watched um, Mafia Mama. Okay, with Tony Collette. <laughs> with Tony Collette. Okay. Tony Collette. I wrote this in my letterbox review. Tony Collette can do anything, yeah. but should Shouldn't. she? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a good question. Should she? Yeah. Which so like Mafia Mama was not great. Yeah. But in that movie they have a joke that she's going to Italy to have her like eat pray love, but instead of eat pray love, she calls it eat pray fuck. <laughs> Which is like sure. a funny line. But yes, Under the Tuscan Sun is like the original Eat Pray Love. Yeah. Um, but Ben I actually have never seen Eat Pray Love. What? Either. You should. Because it's I not read good. the book and I didn't love her book. Yeah. Like I it's didn't really White privilege. Okay. Yeah. And it's Ryan Murphy. So, yeah. like, I don't know. And how Julia I... Roberts not at her best, but you should watch it. Javier's in it? Javier's in it. Okay, yeah. But and yes, Under the Tuscan Sun. Yeah. Uh, I put it on because I was like, I want to watch something with Sandra O oh, because I love Sandra O oh yeah. these days. Um, and I really. I saw you also watch Sideways. I did watch Sideways. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yes, I was in a Sandra <laughs> O yeah. kind of fix. Yeah. Um, but I really, I did really enjoy it. It's like a beach read yeah, yeah. of just like, I want to see something fun. I don't Easy, know. yeah. Yeah, I think you might actually like it too. Yeah, for what it is, exactly, yeah. yeah. Diane Lane. Diane Lane's great. She's yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, she's really She's beautiful. really beautiful, yeah. Uh, and there's some like Good fun. Good job, Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin's not in it. No, he's married to her though. No, they're not married. Anymore? Yeah, they got divorced oh, a while ago. Okay. He's but married some like 20 something now. Oh, they were married though at he one point. He might have her Nadine. really yeah oh <laughs> we'll, we'll talk <laughs> <laughs> i 
didn't realize. <laughs> yeah, there was like a domestic violence dispute. Oh. Yeah. I like my, I, I like Josh Brolin overall. Do you? Yeah. I don't like him. Okay. I don't like Thanos. <laughs> He's not Thanos to me. <laughs> but uh, Under the Tuscan Sun, quite a surprise. Yeah. I also watched something that I have been wanting to watch since I was like 10 years old. Teaching Mrs. Tingle. Okay. <laughs> with I think Katie Holmes? With Katie Holmes okay. and Barry Watson okay. from Seventh Heaven. Wow. Fame. Yes. Um, and... Dame Helen Mirren. Oh, Dame Helen Mirren. The queen is in there. <laughs> she is. Is she a dame? Yeah, just, she is. Okay, good. I just said that because I figured she was. She would be. Yeah, she is. Um, she is Mrs. Tingle. Oh. Yeah. And I don't know why she made this movie. It was before she was the queen. It was before she was a queen, but then I was reading in the IMDb trivia. Somebody asked her, why did she make this movie? Yeah. And she said, are you kidding me? It's like the easiest job I've ever done. I got to wear pajamas and lie in a bed all day. Oh, so I love that for Helen yeah. Mirren. It's, uh, I think it came out in 1999, and I think they had to do a lot of edits because of Columbine, and like they had to change a lot of things. Oh, and so okay. I think it was meant to be a lot darker than it actually is. Okay. So I can really see the potential in this movie yeah. to be something and yeah. to like be a dark teen yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of comedy horror. Like a almost. Heather's, yeah. Yeah. But uh, they don't take the risks because of the nature Columbine, of the time. Yeah. So it's interesting to watch to be like, huh, I wonder if they had done this. Like, what would it have been? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Written and directed by Kevin Williamson. So that's why I was oh. also interested. Yeah. Of Scream, yeah. of um, Dawson's Buffy. Creek. Yeah. Not Buffy. Which is Buffy? Josh Whedon. Oh, yeah. God. Mixing up all these white men. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can't but talk Kevin about Williamson him? wrote Scream. Wait, we can't he, talk about. Josh Sweden? I mean, we could. Josh, I said Josh, didn't I? Josh, Josh Sweden. Yeah. We can, but like. He's problematic too? He's problematic. Oh God, all these. Men. All these white men messing up. Yeah. <laughs> but I actually, like, it wasn't, it's not a great movie. I think I gave it like two stars. Okay. But I could see the potential in yeah. Teaching Mrs. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, before we move on quickly. Yes. You finally saw Heart of Stone too? I did yeah. watch Heart of Stone. I, I saw Heart of Stone and I forgot to tell you mm-hmm. because it's. That kind of movie. Yeah, it's pretty forgettable. <laughs> Very like, forgettable. I didn't I forgot right when you just told me now yeah. we talked that that's what we're gonna talk about. <laughs> Only because of Alia. Yeah. I watched it for Alia, but I don't think that was a great choice on her part. I don't know why she did it. I'm, I was really kind of curious because it's not a good movie. Well, here's the thing. I don't think there's a lot of things flying her way. From that From world. Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think people are being like, Alia, look at this, look at that. Yeah, yeah. And I think she probably saw something and was like, okay, maybe I could do something And it something is an like interesting, this. like, she's a villain. Yes. It's a, there's an interesting kind of arc there. So, sure, mm-hmm. I could see her, I could see why she did it, but. It's not her best. She doesn't need to. And she's above She's it. the best part of the movie. Yeah. But the She movie does have, like, heart to her. Yeah. <laughs> Fun. Well, and she's a good, perf- she's a good performer. Alia can actually make a lot of garbage work. Mm-hmm. She has... And this is just an example of it. And Gal Gadot should just stop acting. Not good at all. I I don't get Jamie Dorman. Dornan? Yeah. Dornan. He's also just a pretty face. I like him in um, Belfast. I like him in Belfast. Yes. Yeah. I liked him in... Bar- Barb and Star go to Bel- Del Mar. Just to Del Mar, yeah. Distant, yeah. <laughs> I think he has a charm. I like him. And I've seen him in like interviews. And he's very charming and like all of that. I just he don't think fun. he's like... He's just not. He doesn't make great choices either. No, and he can't really anchor a film. Like Belfast works because of a lot of other elements, I find. I've never seen all of the 50 Grays. 
Have you? No, I don't think. Should you we need try? To. No, that could be your gold for next year. No, I don't. I don't no. want. To. I know you love Dakota. What's her face? But <laughs> I love Dakota Johnson. How dare you say what's her face? I know she's she's great. She's okay. <laughs> you liked her in um, Cha Cha Real Smooth. Cha Cha Real Smooth, <laughs> but also the uh, what's the Maggie Gyllenhaal directed one with Olivia? Oh, the Lost Daughter. Yeah, yeah, she's good in that. Yeah. I'll give her that much. Dakota has something, and I see it. I see. The, I see you, she's Dakota. Okay. I love I you. Think she's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I love, Dakota Johnson in The Social Network. <laughs> Her one scene, yeah. Her one scene makes a statement, though. Uh-huh. That's a good scene when she realizes that's Sean. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. <laughs> David saw something in her, and so do I. <laughs> Excellent. There we go. David Venture and I are on the same wavelength. On the same page. Yeah. Okay, Mitha, we're not here to talk about Dakota and her average acting skills. <laughs> they're they're above average. Uh, Suspiria. Uh, <laughs> okay. But we're here to talk about another J. <laughs> I guess that works. Mitha, what did we watch this week? This week, Nadim. Well, this is actually a really interesting week. Yes. Yes, because um, as you know, we're watching all the Best Picture winners. Are we? Yes. Oh, <laughs> news to me. How could you forget? Yeah. Uh, and so we're at the year 2007, and the correct winner for 2007 is No Country for Old Men. Absolutely. But if you've been listening since season one, you'll know that we did actually watch that, mm-hmm. um, and we reviewed it. And then the natural runner-up would be yeah, there, there will, will be, be blood. blood. But we also reviewed There Will <laughs> <Yes>. Be Blood <laughs> last season in season two. Yeah. So you can go ahead and listen to that as well if you want. So we had three choices to choose from. We yeah. had Atonement, Michael Clayton, and Juno. Yes. And we put those names into a random selector. Yeah. Although I trusted Nadim to do it. I don't know if he actually did it and he just showed me the answer. In all honesty, I did do it. Okay. I truly did do it because <laughs> I actually went into Watch Atonement. I kind of did too. Oh, what? <laughs> Neither of us said it. I didn't want to like impose my yeah. what I wanted to watch. Okay. But Oh, I wanted to watch Atonement. Oh, we yeah. should have. <laughs> Cuz you probably thought I wanted to watch Michael Clayton. But No, I, jokes aside, I actually thought you might prefer Juno. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yes. Cuz I know you love Michael Clayton, but I think even you were like, "No, let's watch it." Yeah. <laughs> Cuz like there's not much to say about Michael, Michael Clayton. Michael Clayton, yeah. It's a pretty forgettable. Although another movie with a, a deer in it. Is it a deer? That he sees? I think so. Yeah. It's, there's an Michael animal that's time. stoic. Yes. yes. <laughs> but we watched Juno. We watched Juno for this week. So let me give us a quick discro. Please. Of Juno for the four people who haven't seen Juno. <laughs> Faced with an unplanned pregnancy, an offbeat young woman makes a selfless decision regarding the unborn child. Who is writing these IMDb descriptions? Not Diablo Cody. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yes. we watched Juno when we should have watched Atonement. <laughs> we could talk about Atonement. We could, yeah, yeah. I haven't watched it in a long time. But. I haven't watched it in a while either, but we can still talk about it. But we watched Juno. Juno came out in 2007. Yep. I imagine, because mm-hmm. you were 16, Yes. this was a turning point in your cinematic experience. That's a really good point to make. It definitely was. Yeah, yeah it's one of the first movies I remember going to see in the theater yeah. um, before, like, Oscar buzz yeah. kind of came about and, like, really having an experience with it of, like, I knowing I watched something that was, like, important in terms okay, of, yeah. like, teen movies. Yes, yes. It felt so different yeah. than, like, the Cinderella stories that I <laughs> yes, had yes, been yeah. watching. And that awareness that this is, oh, this is elevated. Yes, yeah. yes. This was, like, something aimed for my demographic, but felt so, 
at the time, I don't think I recognized it, but it felt it, it feels like an independent film, mm-hmm. and those tend to have a little bit more weight to them yeah. than the Disney or like what Warner Brothers movies yeah. that were like coming out for people my age. This like felt felt like something more because that's an interesting point because studio films sometimes feel very studio driven, mm-hmm. like something like a Cinderella story. Yeah, jokes aside. She's the man was like really big for me. Even something like Mean Girls. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a good studio film. It's still a studio film. It kind of feels confined. Yes. Whereas Juno felt like free. So open. Yeah. So beyond anything I had seen yet. Yeah. And so talk to me about that. Before we get into the review and all of that. (laughs) Like the experience of seeing something? Of watching that as a young person Mm -hmm. and how that shaped your, your cinematic experience. And then also like watching it now then. I think, well, watching it now really brought me back to that time. Because okay. I think, I knew I was watching something different, but mm-hmm. I don't think I could, like, quite process what it was exactly. Okay. And I remember seeing it in the theaters and leaving and being like, that was, like, a really good movie. That was, like, not something I'd seen before. They were talking in a weird way yeah. that, like, at the time to me was fun and cool yeah. and, like, not annoying. <laughs> I like how you say at the time. At the time. <laughs> it was fun and cool. And yeah. it was like, and I remember going to school and like other people having seen it. And then we would start to talk to each other like that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and like the music in this movie was like very big for okay. me. I started to go down more into like indie music and like look up different artists. Oh, that's so interesting. Like, was, out of curiosity, was this big in that age range? Um, I, I don't know. Not everybody went. And saw Juno. Juno. Okay. No, it the wasn't same way, like, like everyone saw Mean Girls. Everyone kind of saw Mean Girls. Yeah. Like I went three times to Mean Girls. Yeah. Probably, not everyone saw Juno, but there was like a couple people that I think I went with friends. Okay, yeah, I don't. I do remember feeling a bit isolated though, because not everyone loved it the way that I did. Not you everybody. Loved it at the time. I really enjoyed it. I yeah. had a really good time watching that. I felt something yeah. that like I don't think I had really experienced yeah. at that point because a lot of my peers were also. Still Still watching things like High School Musical, okay. and we're really into Twilight at the time, or at least the books were out. I don't yeah, think yeah. the movies were out yet, and like we're still kind of in that teen realm. And this felt teen to me, but it also felt like adult. And I, I felt like I was more mature than yeah, everybody yeah. else, which I probably wasn't. <laughs> but I can see how this would make you feel that way. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so. It, it was nice to kind of think about that as I was watching it yeah. this time. I was remembering like those like little the, yeah, the yeah. feeling of that just feeling. like oh I'm I I you know what I thought I was better than everybody yeah. else. <laughs> so what was the experience watching it now? <laughs> it's so like I think I've always held it close to me. Yeah, that like this movie was an experience for me at that yeah. age. Um, and it's so different than what you do see from like your typical teen movies. But I think there's so many like niche things about it. It's almost too niche. Yeah. It's like too quirky in a lot of ways. But when you strip it down, like it is a nice story. Yeah. Yeah. I think I... I realized how annoying I probably was at 16. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, how precocious I was. But thinking, like, I remember at the time, I did not think I was precocious yeah. at all. Like, I thought I was the shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird to think back and be like, okay, wow, I really I really thought something of myself Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. As everyone that age does. Exactly. Like, that's not independent to you. Yeah. Yeah. But I did... I have a lot of the nostalgic feeling for it, so I did have, like, a good experience rewatching yeah. it. 
Yeah. What were what was your then and now with Juno? I was 22, 21, 22 yeah. when I saw it and I went with friends and I remember the theater was packed. Mm-hmm. I remember and by this point I was Oscar watching, so I'd already heard a lot about Juno and all of okay. that. So I remember liking it I, I, and having a good time with it. And I've seen it a couple of times over the years as well. Again, I, I do find that like Juno, you like to say this. Juno though was a time and a place. Yeah. Juno really was a movie of that time. And I think people were really, they found the dialogue quirky. They found the writing quirky. I watch it now. And that first five minutes, I'm like, this is annoying. (laughs) I was actively annoyed by the Rain Wilson, Ellen. We'll we'll refer to Elliot Page as Ellen Page in the film, but Elliot Page as a Person. person. Yeah. But that repartee between Juno and Juno the, and the, the storekeeper cl- yeah. was really annoying. Like the overwritten dialogue, the like no one talks. It's excruciating. It's excruciating. Yeah. It was, and I was just like, oh, I, I'm not gonna like this. Yeah. But when you strip Juno down of all of that, it's a very sweet film. It is. It's actually very endearing. It's so heartwarming. Oh, so heartwarming. I have a whole new appreciation for Jennifer Garner watching it this time and an understanding for, like, what that was, a a dislike for Jason Bateman, and, and, like, understanding the adult characters in a whole different way. And when the movie doesn't lean so heavily into that dialogue Mm -hmm. and it's really just trying to tell a story, that's when it shines. It does a really good job of telling the story. It's a really nice story that if it hadn't tried to try so hard to be so quirky, I think it would have been actually much better. At the same time, though, I get why you would have characters that age be quirky or be be doing something that is like which is okay when uh, when Juno is talking like that it's actually okay-ish because that's how teens talk that's how teens are annoying like that so when Juno and her friend are talking uh, that kind of dialogue I'm like okay they're annoying but when Juno's interacting like that with adults like especially with Rain Wilson specifically I was just like no adult talks like this. Why is Rain Wilson why is Rain Wilson doing that and why are they then feeding off of each other and that it was so annoying to watch because then you have and then as the movie progresses you have characters like Alice and Jenny who are so, so funny great. and so, so witty without being cheesy yeah and even even Juno's dialogue slowly starts to change she starts to become a little bit more naturalistic in how she speaks her like everything starts to I think fall she's into she's experiencing itself. real life itself too she's yeah. not stuck in this like la la land exactly. world exactly yeah and even when she's talking to like Bleeker for instance like her conversations feel like two teens talking to each other but more grounded mm-hmm. and they don't feel like she calls herself a planet at one point which is something a kid would say but still feels in keeping with the film and keeping with the da- like it it finds its footing a little later in the film and yeah. then as it ends it's very sweet do you feel like that's supposed to be representative of, like, Juno's actual journey, though? Like, in the beginning, she's just this teen girl. Like, nothing really serious has ever happened to her except for, like, like her mom not being involved in her life or things. But then as she's experiencing this very real-life thing of having a child at 16 years old, she does start to ground herself a little bit more. I think in when I think Maybe. about myself yeah. as a teenager, like, I was 
I am I had a huge imagination and would imagine yeah. like every little thing was like so grand and I would speak but we used to do baby voice my friend my Yo, like, how you doing <laughs> we do like baby voice and Miss Swan we would try, oh, you try to we're, do like, Miss Swan old for, yeah, yeah, yeah. we were too young for Miss Swan yeah. but we would try to do Miss Swan yeah. voice which I learned recently is actually Miss Juan, not yeah, Miss Swan. But yeah. Miss Swan, she will forever be. Um, but like we did annoying shit like that, and then once you kind of have like a real life experience, you kind of yeah. have to take yourself out of that for a moment. And I feel like that's what's happening with Juno yeah. in the actual movie. I think that like it's a really I, I really do commend Diablo Cody for how she wrote this. I commend the writing over the dialogue. Because I think I think there are actual sincere moments of like, there's some real heart mm-hmm. in Juno that is I think eclipsed by the quirk, and the quirk takes over, and then eventually it strips. So this is my thing. I think that's actually a really interesting point about Juno herself and like her being a kid versus her kind of like having to mature and crown herself because of her life situation. But I think the movie also does that. I think Diablo yeah. does that in the writing as well, and I think. That's a little bit of green writing. Okay. It's this is her first yeah. film. And I think the reason I think people latched on to the quirky dialogue and all of that and the hamburger phone and like blah blah blah. But I think what people really enjoyed was the heart. But yeah. The sincerity with which she like brings those characters and Again, Jennifer Garner. Like Vanessa you, is, is. I love her. Yeah. And I, really I remember thinking she was so annoying. As a teen. As a, yes. as a younger person. I was just like, oh, Vanessa only lets Mark have one room in the house. <laughs> exactly. But then <laughs> like, realizing frigid, now. Yeah. Like, that's, that's because Mark's a child. Yes. Yeah. But, it, but Vanessa. Vanessa knows what she wants and has yeah. always been honest about yeah. it. Mark is the one that's not being honest with yeah. himself. And like, yes, he finally gets there. Like he's so unlikable. He's so unlikable, yeah. and like I, it's so hard to. It's again, but not what I thought at the time. Mm-hmm. I, d- I thought it was weird what he was doing, but I didn't find him unlikable. You now I found him unlikable. I remember him being creepier at the time, though. The scene where they are like dancing with yeah. each other, I remember that being more creepy than when I Maybe, watched it this yeah. time. Maybe I'm just used to bigger creeps. <laughs> now, now, <laughs> now things have changed to the, the creep world. The yeah, bigger creeps. The bigger creeps than Mark. But it is it is full of great dialogue. Yeah. It's full of great scenes. Great, and it's not just a one-trick pony, mm-hmm. which is, I think, why Juno has kind of stood this test of time. I think people think it's a one-trick pony, though. I think you have to revisit it. Yeah. yeah. You have to rewatch this. Yeah. as in a, Well, I mean, for us, we were quite young. Yeah. Like, our brains weren't fully yeah. developed yet. Yours weren't. <laughs> I, was, I was still in my early 20s. Yeah. Like, so, so like, like, I still was, like, growing. But I think even as, like the voting party of the academies, people who are in their, like, 30s and 40s, I think definitely, they definitely connected probably with the the mm-hmm. things about adulthood and child-rearing and, you know, what that means. But the gimmicks were maybe too gimmicky. But I don't think this ever stood a chance. Of winning? No. No, I don't think, I think, well, it's... Like, forget No Country and There Will Be Blood and Atonement. <laughs> I don't think this stood a chance. How does it even chance. get in, though? I think that's a great question yeah. because... It was a lovely film. Mm-hmm. I think people really liked it. It and spoke I th- to them. It spoke to them. And I think when your Academy, I remember whoever hosted at the time made a joke about, ha- about like, thank God for teen pregnancy <laughs> because it was such a dark year. Yeah. It, like, all of these four films, Michael Clayton included, are so, so dark. dark. Very. So dark. Yeah. And Juno was lovely. Yeah. It's and a nice little 
it's a nice it's, little, it's a well-crafted pick-me-up. Now, do you think it would have gotten anywhere had Little Miss Sunshine not been nominated the year before? I think that helps a lot. I think, yeah. I think eventually the Academy starts to adopt this kind of like the quirky like film. The indie films. Yeah, the, yeah, the little indie film that could. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that little indie film that could ends up winning, Coda. And then other times you have the... Is Coda like indie when it's backed by Apple though? It still is, I think, an independent production, technically speaking, but it has that same feeling. Whether it's indie or not, it still is kind of like the quirky little film about family. Yeah, but I don't think something as independent as Little Miss Sunshine and Juno was would would be able to work today. Like, that's a lot of work. Maybe. Because, one, I'm not seeing those movies because they're not on streamers. So how am I going to get access to that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we've, but I think you have something like The Holdovers this year, for instance, which mm-hmm. is a little bit more like independent-minded and has that Alexander Payne mentality. Yeah. Like there's there's a certain sect of filmmakers that have defined what like the independent quirky independent film. film looks like. Yeah. But I think that's a good point about Little Miss Sunshine. But I do think that Juno was a breath of fresh air in a year that was just so dark. And it is charming. It's so cute. It's very charming it's very as a delightful. film. It's a very delightful film. Yeah. But the best picture, it is not. No. no. <laughs> the best picture, it is not. It's no. I, I, I am still surprised now that it does make it to this race, though. Between these films? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I get what you're saying in that it is, it's bright and light and, like, maybe that's what they needed. Yeah. But, like, how does, that, how does that move past everybody? Like, how does it get there? But what were the other options? I don't know. <laughs> what were the other options that year? Let's just take a quick look at what else released in 2007. Just in case anyone's wondering, the nominees were Juno, Michael Clayton, Atonement, There Will Be Blood, and our eventual winner, No Country for Old Men. Oh, you even have things like Away From Her. Yeah. La Vie Rose. Everything is so dark. Yeah. Why were they so depressed? So you have, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean... You have Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, Spider-Man 3, Shrek the The Third, (laughs) Transformers, Ratatouille, Ratatouille. I Am Legend, The Simpsons movie came out that year, National Treasure, 300. These are actually kind of very unmemorable films. This is a lot of popcorn movie, though. Yeah. And this, but Juno, while it is popcorn, it does feel a bit elevated to me. It feels elevated popcorn. Yeah. Like it is, it's lighthearted, like rom-com territory, but... Mm -hmm. It does it so deftly yeah. and so and so swiftly that I think I real that was my big takeaway this time was how sincere and sweet the movie really is. And my how- takeaway was that like at the time I remember thinking like this is a movie just for teens. Like I remember yeah. saying to my dad because I had saw it and I liked it a lot. And my dad's like, should I watch it? And I was like, no, yeah. because like this is for for us. For us, yeah, it's not for you. <laughs> but watching it now, I was like, no, this is great for adults. Yeah, you a, can, yeah. I think adults actually will appreciate it more. Probably. It is an adult film mm-hmm. just masquerading as a fun, frothy film about teen pregnancy. I do wonder why Mark and Vanessa are together, though. In the first place? Yeah. No, I think you know people like that. Do I? Yeah, you know. I think we all know people who are kind of in relationships that, whereas, you know, one... Not necessarily just him versus her, but like, yeah. you know. One has maybe like more ambition, changed more into an adult yeah. 
where the other wants to stay back into their yeah, old or ways. Or the other isn't even like, I think Mark's problem is that he's just not, he's not, he just hasn't even tried. Yeah. Right? Like he hasn't even tried. Or he hasn't done the things he wants to do. Yeah, or has even tried to pursue those things. Yeah. And like it's kind of, like she says it, if I have to wait my whole life, like I'll be waiting my whole life if, because I don't think he has ambition. Yeah. He wants things, but he doesn't really have the drive to make them happen. Mm -hmm. and as a result, he doesn't do them. So I think we all know people like that. I'm glad that they give her the baby in the end, too. I'm Again, it's, it's, such, it's such a sweet moment when she sent, writes that letter and, yeah. you know, that awareness that Juno has that I remember watching it the first time thinking that Ju those scenes where she's not saying anything, but like Vanessa's hands are on the stomach or like she's looking at her thinking like, oh, Juno's annoyed by her. Yeah. But it's not. Juno's, those moments are helping Juno understand what it takes to be a good parent. Yeah. She's realizing that. And she's she, watching her at the mall. And she's watching her at the mall yeah. and she's seeing she's like, that. Oh, wow. She is going to be She's really going to be a this. good mother. She's making the right choice. And then realizing that even though she gets along with Mark, yeah. Mark is a child. And she's having that realization herself. I also think it's Juno thought that she needed to give her child to somebody that has two parents because she didn't have her mom for yeah. part of it. For her to come to the realization that no, like just Vanessa is enough. Is enough. Yeah. That was, again, it's, there's a lot of growth that Juno has. And again, that scene with her and Polly at the end on the, uh, her hospital bed, like yeah. that, that awareness again that like she's not sad that she's lost the baby, but she knows that like that was a big part. It was of a her. big part of her and what's happened. It's a very well written script. It is. I hard. just wish the dialogue hadn't been so try hard. Mm. I also, while watching this, was thinking though, like the repercussions of Juno is really interesting because I don't think we would have shows like Teen Mom. Mm. after the fact, like I'm pretty sure it came afterwards. Yeah, I think, so, and I think yeah. Juno was a big push on that because people saw teens and yeah. MTV grabbed onto that MTV and was like, let's exploit yeah. this for people. And like, I, have you ever watched Teen no, Mom? Never. It's a hot mess. Like, yeah, you don't need imagine. to watch that. It's pretty much, it's trash. It's trash. It's real trash. Like I'm, I watch The Real Housewives. <laughs> Which okay? is also trash, but. Which is also trash. Elevated trash. Exactly. Because it involves adults. Yeah. I think when you take reality TV and you focus it on teenagers who are not making sound decisions like what are you expecting what are you expecting what do you yeah. think is gonna, and like I think it's really irresponsible yeah. so it was just making me think like wow I don't think we would have had like all there are a lot of people who were on Teen Mom like their lives have changed obviously because they've had babies yeah but a lot of them are involved in like in drugs or domestic violence situations or you have people like Farah Abrams who's made like yes. right yeah, yeah who's famous because of that show and I'm like that's really that's such an it's amazing that a film such a small film such a small film yeah. can have such a huge part in the culture and change people's lives yeah forever and like not in a good way I'm also I'm also sure though it changed people's lives for the better. I'm sure there are young women who were pregnant at the time who thought, saw this movie and were like, okay. Adoption. Adoption is maybe another option for me. It doesn't yeah. have to be me carrying the baby or aborting the baby. Like this is just opening that window to what that could look like. Yeah. I also find it fascinating that this movie that was written by a lot of liberal-minded people is so pro-life. But I mean, Inadvertently. They, yes. And, but they do show her going through the option. Yeah. And like I couldn't if I was sit, if I was a teen sitting in that room and I learned the thing had fingernails, yeah. that's something to yeah, think about for yeah. sure. So let's uh, back pedal a little bit before we move on. Yeah, this was never going to win breast. 
<laughs> Ever. No. This was this is happy to be here. This yeah. that's what this nomination is. We've kind of talked about this in our other episodes, but I think we it deserves to be talked about now. Best picture. Yeah. Went to No Country for Old Men. It did. Did it deserve it? Okay. Because we don't need to have the conversation <laughs> of whether Juno deserved it. Whether Juno deserved to be nominated or not, we can talk about in our reviews. Yes. But but no country for old men. Versus okay. there will be blood. Yes. Because those, those were, were the, the options. Two, two, two honchos. Yeah. When we watched No Country for Old Men, I was very I was like moving from Toronto yeah. to Ottawa. I was going through yeah. the motions. <laughs> and yeah. I, I don't think I took the time to actually like appreciate yeah. that movie for what it is. Can I look what my rating was for it? Sure, but that's a while ago. <laughs> Hold on. Then I'd actually be curious to know what my rating for that. And if you could pull up There Will Be Blood, I think I gave them both four and a half. Okay, so I gave it a three and a half. Okay. You gave it four and a half. Okay. And then for There Will Be Blood. There will be. I gave it three and a half. You gave it four and a half. Three and a half feels really low for both of them for me. Okay. Yeah. I think after time, I'm trying to remember my mindset with There Will Be Blood. Like, what was I even thinking? It's a long movie. It's long. Yeah. yeah. I want to change both of them to a four. Okay. Yeah. I think No Country for Old Men, like I said, I was distracted. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really, like, appreciating what that film actually was. But it is saying something. (laughs) I think at the time, I think I was so distracted by the fact that it was directed by the Coen brothers. And I think at the time I talked about this too. Yeah. yeah, I was feeling like if the Coen brothers are just like how we talked last week Mm. about Martin Martin. winning for the departed. I was just like, if the Coen brothers are going to win for something, shouldn't it be more in line with like what I'm used to from them? Like something more like Fargo Fargo or um, the big Lebowski or what's the Nicolas Cage one? Anyways, you know, be mine. Yeah. But why wouldn't they get something yeah. that is more like in line with who they are as yeah. directors? But it is still such a feat in itself to to remove yourself from what you're like used yes. to to create something with such depth, such honesty, such like it is a very good film. So I'm gonna switch my three and a half to four. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> For both. I, th- I don't know, because I can't remember There Will Be Blood right now. Okay. It kind of slipped my mind, which I think says something. Which says something, I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. I do remember Paul Dano. <laughs> His punchable face. Yes. Um, and I remember milkshakes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I can't, I'm having a hard time pinpointing yeah. it. So I'm going to keep it as three and a half for now. Maybe I'll rewatch it next year, not this year. Yeah. <laughs> this year I'm busy. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I definitely am going to change my three and a half to a four. I think it's. Very deserving. The best I, picture. Yeah. yeah. I think this is a year where they kind of, they got it right. I was, yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. going to be my agreement. This is a year where they got it right. Yeah. It was the best picture of the year actually won. Mm-hmm. And they didn't go for the option that was the more crowd-pleasing one, which was Juno. Because let's, in a world where what the Academy has done typically and continues to do is reward the middle of the ground. Yeah. That feels like it's Juno. Mm-hmm. It's not Atonement and it's not Michael Clayton. Probably not. There will be blood. So the middle of the ground is Juno. That's, re- but I still don't feel like they ever would reward Juno. Yeah, but they rewarded Coda. To me, there is. I can see the parallels so clearly, and I understand why you might not. But to me, there's a very clear like, oh, these are the same movies. I see and, the parallels. And Power of the Dog 
is there is, will is, is no country world. for yes. old men. Yeah. I do see the parallels, but I do just I I would think like as a white man in 2007 yeah. um, who's like probably in their 40s yeah. or 50 and up. I can see how Juno would be so isolating. A little isolating, too. yeah. And why? And you I think might that would over, her. which it did. It yeah. overcame that yeah. fact. But if you're going to say, like, one of them is, if, if we're taking There Will Be Blood out of the equation, mm-hmm. I would think they would lean more towards something like Michael Clayton. Oh, but Michael Clayton, yes. Yeah. It doesn't have the it, gravity. It doesn't, no. no. And I, I love the movie, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I can fully agree, like, it doesn't need to be Best Picture. I actually think if we're talking about contention, I'm saying Juno had no chance in front of those films, but I think Juno is probably number three. Oh, really? Like, I think in terms of, like, what the Academy has historically done, I think Juno actually probably had the closer chance oh. to winning. I would think that Juno's four. I think Atonement is. Is three? Five. I think Michael Clayton's three. Really? Yeah. I think Michael Clayton. I just five. remember there being a lot of buzz for Clayton as well. Hmm. Like you have George, people love George. Yeah. He's George is not okay. Don't come for me. <laughs> George isn't that great of an actor. No, he's not. He's, he's a nice actor. No, he's nice. Yeah. He did he direct Michael Clayton? No. Tony Gilroy. Yes, and he wrote it. That, and there was a story there of, yeah. like, Tony's been in the industry for a long time, yeah. and now he's finally getting his comeuppance, yeah. right? And I just remember a lot of attention on it at that time. Yeah. But and I also remember the attention for Juno and, like, the fact that Diablo Cody was a stripper and yeah. she's written the script and yeah. now it's a great movie. And yeah. then you also have Nepo Baby directing it. I forgot Jason Wright directed <laughs> yeah. this because Diablo Cody really overpowered this yeah, story this movie is more, it, the script is what is really what sells, sells it. it. Yeah. yeah. Also, a lot of the times there's alignment between director and picture, mm-hmm. and Atonement was the only one who didn't get Best Director at the time for J, uh, for Joe Wright. Oh, interesting. The other four did, which means most likely that those four were the top four. Four. Yeah. Mm. Look at us, detectives. Detectives. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, when I think about uh, No Country for Old Men, no yeah, that's for me. like it's that's, just like of course, yeah. like this was the best picture. It deservedly won the haircut alone. The haircut alone. <laughs> it's just it's um it's miraculously acted and directed and written and everything. It is a movie. It's the it's a film. It's a film. The way films are meant to be watched and appreciated and understood and talking about violence and what it how, is to be a man. What it is to be a man. Talking about real issues mm-hmm. that I think were really complex and still are complex and are still relevant. It's just, it's such a great film. What it is to be a man and not bleeding into toxic masculinity. No, but yeah. also kind of addressing what toxic masculinity, masculinity looks is. like. It's mm-hmm. it's a very interesting film. Yeah. And it's a film I wish more people have seen. It's a movie for, it's a film for men, not for boys. Yeah. Do you have sequel prequels for June? For Juno? I kind of want to know. What like, happens after? Do yeah. they keep in touch? I know it's supposed to be a closed adoption, yeah. but like... I don't think Juno wants to keep in touch. I think Vanessa's totally open to keeping in yeah. touch, but I don't think Juno wants it. Like, where where does Mark go? Yeah. What happens, really? I think there's a sequel for Juno and Bleecker. Oh, like do what, you? I think there's a, a show, maybe. Oh, interesting. Like what happens with them? I think they break up. You think? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Juno... I think Juno has a new sense of direction and really applies herself and, like, goes away for school. And I think her and Blake or Blake break up at that point because he's going to stay in that town. I think Juno also maybe has a sexual awakening. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think Juno might end up realizing she's either gay or bi. Yeah. Yeah. 
What's the friend's name in this? I don't know. The what actress it is. is Olivia Thirlby. I forget what her but name is. But did you is. hear about in Elliot Pages? Yeah, they yeah had, that yeah, they had something. They had going. A, yeah, you can that tell they were sleeping the whole time together. Yeah, yeah. And I, you can kind you of can tell, tell when yeah. you rewatch it. Yeah. But granted, now I have that information, so maybe it's that's hard what to I'm remove looking yourself for, from that. looking out yeah. for. But I was just like, oh, I see it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I, I'm all for it. I do think it's cute how Diablo writes their relationship, though, about mm-hmm. how like the baby always kicks super hard. I think it's because my heart beats fast. It's very. It's very aw. Yeah, it's, it's just very like, oh, cute. Wow. The adult that in is, is what just a like, teen girl would this say. is never going to last. <laughs> yeah. but, but you do, you kind of, you do like it for yeah. what it is. I'm going to go into my rating. Okay. For June's. Juno. For Juno. I, it was, it's a cute film. Juno's a cute, lovely film. There's nothing wrong about it. There's nothing bad about it except the dialogue. The dialogue really takes me out. Honestly, that first five to 10 minutes, I was really, thrown off and I didn't remember the film the same way so I didn't know oh is this just going to be an hour and a half of this kind of dialogue like Mm. over and over again because I was not going to be here for that the dialogue is overwritten it's too much at times it's too quirky and cheesy and it ends up I think undoing itself I think where Diablo Cody really succeeds is in portraying Juno and her relationship with Vanessa her relationship with her parents her relationship with Bleecker, like, it's, that's really where it shines. It's not in this overly written dialogue. It's in actually the smaller things, the quieter things, the quieter moments. Alice and Jenny has some killer lines in this, and, like, killer delivery, and, like... He's Jesus. He's Jesus. Yeah. 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 Or or doctors are sadists that like to see lesser people cry. Just amazing dialogue. And, like... That's the quirky dialogue that works because it's an adult. Like, you know what I mean? That it works, works for us now. It yeah. works for us now. But even at the time, it works in the film. Mm-hmm. But the, like, the, you know, your ego is prego and, like, home skillet and yo-yo. It's just, it's too much. Mm-hmm. Tone it down. Mm-hmm. It's just too much. Mm-hmm. And Juno eventually finds its groove and it succeeds. And it succeeds, honestly, in a very beautiful fashion. Yeah. It's a really lovely film. That is should be very happy it got a Best Picture nomination <laughs> because it had no chance against No Country for Old Men or There Will Be Blood because that was the La La Land and Moonlight of that year. One of those was going to win. Yeah. And nothing else stood a chance. And if a third movie got in between, it would have been the crash of that year because No Country for Old Men is a movie for the ages. It's, mer- it's a stunning piece of filmmaking that will stand the test of time. It was the actual Best Picture of that year. It was not... A crash. It was not even a departed. It was, it was truly the best picture, and it won deservedly. So, full stop. Period. And I would say that same thing. Whether it went to that or there will be blood, because they are. I prefer there no country for old men. Yeah. But there will be blood. Was a, there's a lot of power. It's a lot. It's an excellent film. Yeah. And that performance. And again, I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. It just has such great lines too. But uh, yeah, I am. I give both of those four and a half stars, and I stick to that. Yeah. I just want to say quietly, I love atonement. I really, we didn't talk about atonement at all, actually, but I do love that dress. That dress. (laughs) That deserves the Oscar right there. It's a lovely, it's a a great film, and I think it kind of gets lost, but atonement is great. I give Juno three and a half stars. Okay. Three and a half for the June. For the June. You said something earlier Mm -hmm. that has stuck out to me that it is a time and a place. I half agree with that because I also think. It's a time and a place, but I think 
I don't think that's the selling point of Juno. I don't think the court, like at the time as a teen, that was kind of like what was getting my attention of just like, (laughs) they talk so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to talk like that. But I think if you watch it now, that is part of it. And like, it's a bad part of it, obviously. But I don't think that that is what is really driving this movie. I think that the quirkiness just is an example of being a teenager. I don't think it's specific to 2007 because I think teens today also have their own verbiage and language. They most definitely do. That I just simply don't, I try to understand and I look stupid understanding. And I think it's the same thing. So I think that that in itself is unique. Universal. When you, can I just ask you? Because I was gonna ask you and I forgot, and I'm gonna get it on record. What is cuffing season? <laughs> you're cuffed with someone, like you're stuck with them, and oh, it's the winter okay. time. So it's like usually, like you, you don't want to go out. Winter? You stay inside, cuffed together. Okay. okay. Yeah. Continue. But also, there's a Beyonce song called, called yeah. "Cuffing." Yeah. Cuffing. So yeah. I, that's that's what I believe. Yeah. I, I also am not young, so yeah, I exactly. Don't. Yeah. I could be really wrong, but that's my assumption. But again, verbiage and like language that teens use is like a universal idea that yes, like this is specific to 2007, but I don't think that's like time and a place of enjoyment. Like I thought we find it annoying now because we're in our 30s, but I wonder if like a teen saw this today and would think like, ha. That's a weird way. To That's talk. an interesting point. I'll yeah. ask my daughter in a few years yeah, what she thinks. Ask, yeah, let's ask her and see what her thoughts are. But I, I also think I think like while that was a selling point for like teens and that's how they did market it because I remember like the trailer. It's all of those small little quirky moments. That's yeah. what's supposed to attract the eye. That this movie at its bare bones is just a, such a nice, heartful, heart, heartful, <laughs> heartwarming film. Yeah. And it's a really beautiful story and a story that we don't really see. You don't see any women actually really going through pregnancy, let alone somebody who's in their teens and like what that journey looks like, the options that are available to them. And you don't really get teen movies that like look at a snapshot of time frame in such a uh, elevated way. Mm -hmm. Like it's usually like trashy teen comedies or when you do get somewhat elevated you get things like mean girls which really harnesses on like the The cattiness yeah and the high school school. experience yes whereas juno is not about the high school experience it's juno's experience and it's a really nice experience to experience i'm gonna say experience one more time (laughs) it's about adolescence yes exactly and i think that uh i do think it's really rare that it got nominated for Best Picture. I think if it had one Best Picture, I wouldn't be championing it as much. same way, yeah. Yeah, I think I would be a little bit let down because I I don't think that it really does deserve deserve that, especially in a year when you have films like There Will Be Blood and No Country for Old Men. Uh, It doesn't really fit in (laughs) with that, but because it is just a nominee, I think that... I think it's just really great. I think everybody should watch this. I think high schoolers should watch this in yeah. school. Like, don't show them Shakespeare in Love. Show them <laughs> Juno. <laughs> yeah, don't show them Shakespeare don't, in Love. Don't they Juno. don't need to watch that. Yeah, watch Juno. There's something to learn, and I think there's discussion with it mm-hmm. as well. I remember at the time, like, discussing with my parents about, like, teen pregnancy and the uh, option that she chose, which was adoption and, like, Oddly enough, my mom was, like, against adoption. <laughs> <laughs> she was pro-abortion at the she, time? No, she was pro, like, you take care of the baby, that's your baby. Oh, yeah, it was wow, an interesting okay. conversation to have. <laughs> yeah. And, like, not something I ever thought would come up because yeah. I was scared of my parents. So, <laughs> like, yeah. you know? Um, and so, 
yeah, not something that I probably would have ever been able to have that conversation yeah. with had this movie not existed and had Teen Mom not come after yep. it. I think watching it as an adult really made me nostalgic for the feelings I had then, but also uh, made me appreciate the feelings I have for it now. Okay. Where it's just like a nice, heartwarming yeah. movie. It's a good story. Mm-hmm. And who doesn't love that? And so I... I'm going to give Juno four stars. Okay, good yeah. for you. Yeah. I enjoyed Juno. Yeah. Yeah. I like this a lot more than I thought I was going to mm-hmm. because I think it's muddied. It was muddied by what we thought it was, like the the dialogue yeah. and the, the, the quirk and all of that. But watching it this time, I was just like, oh, this is a very, very sweet film. Yeah. Yeah. It's so nice. J.K. Simmons, great. J.K. Simmons. Yeah. Just keep Simmons. <laughs> He read it and was just like, I'll take any part. Yeah. He really, he saw the truth. He saw the truth in it. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. And we wouldn't have Michael Sarah, I think. Michael Sarah's playing Michael Sarah, though. Yeah. But I love it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah. But yes, that was Juno. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) Nita, before we move on and out of the studio, unfortunately. Can we move here? (laughs) I know, right? I have a game for you. Okay. Okay. I would like you to connect, and I didn't get a chance to to connect this, and I'm sorry, (laughs) but I think you can do it. Yeah. I'd like you to connect Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, Dead Man's Chest. Dead Man's Chest. (laughs) To one homeboy you're a big fan of. Yeah. MC. Michael Clayton. Michael Clayton. I was like, (laughs) okay. And your timer. Yeah. Starts now. Okay, let's see. Oh, okay. Pirates of the Caribbean, Caribbean. Dead Chess yeah. stars one Orlando Bloom, who's in Elizabethtown with Kirsten Dunst, mm-hmm. who's in an episode of ER with George oh. Clooney. <laughs> or if you want, yeah. Kirsten Dunst is an interview with a vampire with Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt. who's in Ocean's yes, Eleven with George go. Clooney. Yeah. There you go. Good for you. <laughs> I Yeah, I forget he was in ER. That was George. I know. That was George. Yeah. And now George is more than that. Good for George. Yeah. Moved out of TV. Very few actors have actually made that transition the yeah. way George has. George did it. People forget he was on TV. He was. He's the one that yeah. everyone's like, I want to be George Clooney. Yeah. Get out but of they can't all do it. Sorry, Patrick Dempsey. Okay, Mita. Yes. What are we watching next week? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> Were you so... Is it the Hurt Locker? No. <laughs> No, what's 2008? Oh, meet that. Let yeah. me tell you, because I just looked it up. Okay. We are watching a little film you and I are very familiar with. Oh, boy. Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot. Meet that in our excitement to record in the studio. Completely we forgot, forgot what, what next, next week is. Because, but that's... Uh, J-Ho, guys. J-Ho. J-Ho. Oh, that'll be an interesting experience. We've you, talked about we it. We talk about Slumdog a lot, but not. we've never reviewed it. We've never okay. sat down, obviously, to review it. So yes. we're going to sit down to review it. Okay. <laughs> gonna be, that'll be interesting. It was. That was an interesting Oscars for me. Yes. I had personal experience. I remember. You, yes. We'll talk I'll, about we'll that. Talk about we'll talk about that. Yeah. yeah. But Slumdog Millionaire, big, a lot of brown people. Yeah. <laughs> people, we love brown people. Uh, we are brown people. We are brown people. people. <laughs> That's all for next week. Yes. Nita, do Uh you have any parting words for us? Yes, I do. 
Your ego is prego. <laughs> you really like, love that one, eh? I don't. Oh, <laughs> then why did you choose it? I gave you a whole plethora. You did. It, it was the... I like to choose the one that's most memorable overall. Yeah. People remember that. Yeah, from like the you have some great ones. You can actually read them out quickly. All of them? As our time in the studio is running out. I'll read the good ones because, yeah. like, it started with a chair. I don't think yeah, it's great. Yeah, that's not a good one. Um, your is prego. That ain't no etch a sketch. It's probably just a food, baby. A bottle of Snow Peak peach flavored boons. <laughs> <laughs> all babies want to get born and each Jesus nowhere there's some good ones okay friends thank you so much for listening we will be back next week in my basement so sorry the sound quality will not be as good unless Staples decides to sponsor us sponsor us but thank you so much for listening friends please like subscribe share and great interview and we will see you next week for Slumdog Millionaire. J-Ho. J-Ho. Yeah. Have a lovely week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by no one. You can send us an email at moviestowatchpod at gmail.com, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at moviestowatchpod, and check out our litter box at movies, the number two, watch pod. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell Kevin Bacon. Da 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 da